Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. It means so much to us that you would spend part of your week here with us. Now, today's episode is going to be a Q&A. We've received a lot of questions since launching our podcast recently. And so we're going to go through some of the questions we've received because um, I always say this. If you have a question, it means others probably have the same question. And, and I can say with certainty that I get these same questions all the time from people in my coaching, people at speaking events, people on social media. And so I think many of you will relate to some of these questions that we're going to ask today. And the first two are about being engaged. And so these, these are going to be fun. They're, they're different, but somewhat related. I'm going to read this. My fiance and I are getting married in September, and she has an opportunity in the Washington, D.C. area. However, it's very expensive out there, and we are discerning where to live. This is a big decision. It's scary. When you move to a new city, and an expensive city at that, how do you do it? How do you find a place that you can afford? Because these are young people. They're just graduating. We're just starting out, maybe entry level, maybe not even have jobs yet all the time. And so we're moving into an expensive city, it feels overwhelming and it can feel daunting. And first of all, I'll just say, it is really scary and it's really exciting. And so first, congrats on getting married. I hope it's awesome. And what a, what a way to start your, your married life together to moving to one of the most exciting cities in America. A few pieces of advice I, I would give to this, to this couple. Number one, just take your time. It's so easy to feel rushed in this process. And, and every time we feel rushed with anything money-related, we, we often make bad decisions. We don't make clear decisions. Or we're not thinking it all the way through. We're just trying to make a decision to feel better about that gap. Because there is a gap. There's the, we're going to move, but we don't know where we're going to live. And so I would just say, patience, patience, patience. Don't feel rushed into making any decisions. Now, there's going to be a whole contingent of people in your life saying you should go buy because rent is expensive and you don't want to throw away money on rent. We're going to hear that all the time. That's something we constantly hear. and We're going to talk a lot about that in the future, and we're recording a lot of content about that for our course, Meeting Over Money. Don't, feel, don't, don't, don't buy into that pressure because it's expensive no matter what. Rent's expensive and, and your houses are expensive. And so depending on the market, you know, it might be more expensive to rent versus buy, vice versa. It, it varies. But just know it's expensive either way. And so my, my biggest advice to a newlywed couple is don't buy. Do not buy. Please don't buy. A few reasons. Number one, you might not have the financial stability to buy at this point. You might have a ton of student loans. You might have a bunch of debt. You might not have much money saved up. And so you going and buying a place with a ton of other debt and, and no financial safety net, you're leaving a lot of room for bad to happen. Number two, you don't know where you want to be. You don't even know where you want to be in life. You don't know who you are or where you want to be. And so maybe DC is the place you'll be for the next 30 years. Or it's the place you'll be for the next four months. We don't know. And so renting gives you that flexibility. And so I'm always encouraging young people to start by renting figure out who are we and where do we want to be. And not only that, we're moving to a new city. 
we don't even know what part of the city to live in. What part do we want to live in? What part's more affordable? What part is, is more conducive to the life that we want to live? We don't know the answers to these yet. And so if we're moving to a new city, I always encourage people, just rent. Rent for a season. Even rent, even rent for 6 to 12 months. But rent, get, get the lay of the land, see where you might want to be. And then later, if you decide to buy, you're going in eyes wide open. You know exactly what you're getting into, and you know where you want to be. And the other reason why buying right away is, is maybe not a good decision is because life changes so quickly. You might get promoted. You might switch careers quickly. You might go do something totally different. Your financial wherewithal through this might change dramatically. Or all of a sudden, maybe you'll have a kid. So like you'll, you'll go into a city and you'll rent this tiny place because it's kind of hip and trendy. And then a year later, you have a baby. And uh-oh, we don't want to live here with a baby. And so we need to give ourselves flexibility because early in our adult life, life changes so quickly, we need to stay flexible. We want to stay mobile. And so my advice is just be patient. Please rent. And then the next question is, well, yeah, it's still expensive though, Travis. How do we afford it? And that's where I think we have to be creative. And part of that's being patient. We have to get our feelers out there. We need to find people that know people that know people that live in the area because there's always opportunities to rent something different. Now, we can go to an apartment complex and we can walk in off the street and we can go sign a lease. And the rent is what it is. But I'm always shocked by how many people all around me want to love on other people by showing them generosity in, in their real estate. People they want to take in. I've, I have friends here in my town that they continually will take in people and they give them really amazing rent for what, the, what they're giving them. It's a great space to live with a rent that's ridiculously low. That's one of the ways they get to serve people in the community is by having a space where they can bring people in, offer them a lower rent so that people can get their legs underneath of them. We need to find unique, unique opportunities. And so that may be where we just need to start making some calls. Get on Facebook, get on Instagram, ask people, hey, anybody in D.C. know anybody that has a property? Because we're one relationship away from having a really cool situation that, that might be much cheaper than what the market is bearing for that, for that city. And so my encouragement is try to think creatively. And, and if you have to just walk into a place and, and rent it at, at market rates, then, then that's what we have to do. We have to, we have to figure it out. We need to budget well and make sure we can fit it into our life. But I would say try to be creative. Next question. My fiancé and I just got engaged. Congrats. We can save a lot of money by living together and splitting expenses. Wouldn't that be the best financial decision to make? Now, I just need to admit, I come at this from a Christian angle. I, I don't think people should be living together before marriage. I know that's, that's old-fashioned. But as a Christian, that, that's, I, that's my belief. Uh, my wife and I did not live together before we were married. In fact, if you listen to my, our debt payoff story, we actually ended up having to do a long-term, I'm sorry, a long-distance engagement because I ended up having to move to Iowa and she stayed in Kansas City because we didn't want to live together before marriage. And so we wanted to honor that. We wanted to do it the right way. And so just here, I'm not trying to be a hypocrite here. I really believe this. And so I asked this, I asked this, 
this couple, are you a Christian or are you not a Christian? Because if you're not a Christian, then that's that's different. Now, the studies still show that, that couples that wait to live together when they get married, they're going to have more success in general. But if you're not a Christian, it's not really a right or wrong thing. It's just not. And so this couple, they did say, yes, we're Christians. We're, we're, we're very much into our church. And they, they would call themselves faithful Christians. And so I have this conversation all the time. And I, w- I always just say, please don't. And this is where I always say money is never about money. It's always about something deeper. And if we have to give up our integrity or if we have to give up some of these values that, that we think are important or that we think might be important, if we give those up for a couple of dollars, I say we're doing it wrong. Mathematically, they're right. Mathematically, living together before marriage, splitting the cost, they will have more money in their bank account. That's true. That, that is true. I, I'm not going to say it's not. It's true. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. I would strongly encourage people not to do that, even if it's more expensive. I'm not trying to help you end up with more money. I'm trying to help you live with more meaning and see the bigger picture. And so my strong encouragement to engaged couples or dating couples is just wait. Just wait. Wait until marriage. And if it costs you more money, that's okay. Let's figure it out. There's other places to sacrifice. We don't need to sacrifice our integrity or our values. There might be other things we should be sacrificing, and, and I really feel strongly about that. Uh, but again, that's just my opinion coming from my perspective. Next question. How many families have you helped get out of debt? And, and I'm, I'm a bit embarrassed to say I don't know the answer to this. And I went back and looked. I don't have any clear records of how many people I helped get out of debt. I know I, I've worked with, well, you know, hundreds of families in some capacity or another over the last eight, nine years, some of them as ministry, some of them as, as clients professionally. But, I mean, a lot have paid off debt. And so I, I was trying to reflect on some of the stories of getting out of debt because everyone's story is different and it's not always about the dollar amount. And somebody else asked me the question, what's the most you've ever seen somebody pay off? I mean, the most is probably a half million dollars through some different circumstances, but probably the, probably the most impressive dollar amount was a client last year, 2020, paid off 143000 in 2020. 143000 in one year. And they were grinding and grinding and grinding. And sure, they had a high income. They did. And so that's a, that's a pretty crazy number. I think some of the other stories probably feel more intense because they didn't have such a high income. And I can't share a lot of details with a lot of these. There's a lot of confidentiality. I, I owe that to my clients. But I'm going to share a little bit about my business partner, Cole, and his wife, Kate, partly because... Well, he's my business partner, but, but also because they've been very public with their story and they've shared it on podcast and, and such. So I'm, I'm going to share a little bit about their story, but I, I really like this. Um, I started working with them when I was still doing this um, as, as a ministry and they came to me and they said, hey, Travis, we're going to get married, but we have $42,000 of debt. They went on to say, we, we were talking a little bit and they went on to say, we, we would like to pay this off in, in three to five years. 
do you think it's possible? Can we pay this $42,000 off in three to five years? And, and I, I don't remember, and, and maybe I'm making some of this up. I hope I'm not, but the way I'm remembering it in my mind is I told them, if we're going to do this in three to five years, I don't, I don't want to do this. I said, I'm only going to do this if you're willing to do it in 18 months. And they, it felt like they were laughing me out of the room at that point. 18 months to pay off $42,000. And so they thought about it a little bit. They got back to me and they said, we don't, we don't know if we believe you. You can pay off $42,000 in 18 months. But if you say it's true, we're going to trust you. Let's do this. So we met. We went through all the, the math and went through the life and tried to figure out what it was going to take. And we ended up, we ended up just putting a, a, a pin on the map and said, 15 months. In 15 months, you can have all of this paid off. And I, I don't, they, they did not believe me. They absolutely did not believe me. But they were like, all right, we're just going to start, which is the most important thing, by the way, just start. And so they just started one month at a time. Now, it didn't help that just a few weeks into this, Cole just up and quit his job. Didn't even tell his wife. He just up and quit his job after being there for three weeks. And so this was not, this was not how I drew it up. I was like, and, and they told me, I said, Cole, you weren't supposed to do this. You were supposed to pay off the debt first. And he just said, no, I needed to do it. And, and he went and he started his own company doing videography, doing filmmaking. All the meanwhile, Kate was a, was a school teacher. And so I was like, uh-oh, this, is, this, may not, this may not be as good. Fast forward not that long ago, I'm sorry, not, not that long into the future, they paid off all $42,000 in 11 months. They wanted to do it in three to five years. I said we could do it in 18 or less. We planned out 15, and they did it in 11 months. $42,000 in 11 months with a school teacher and a dude who just randomly walked out of his job one day and decided he was going to start his own gig. It's powerful. And I didn't do that. They did that. I just showed them how it could happen and encouraged the heck out of them. But they did the hard work. And so those are my favorite stories. The story about paying off 143000 in a year, that's pretty cool. But watching Cole and Kate pay off 42000 in just 11 months, knowing their situation, so proud of them. I'm so proud of them. And I have just countless clients that I just say the same thing. I'm just so proud of them because life happens. You can map it out and you can say, well, this is going to happen. And this is how exactly how life is going to go. But then life happens. You're going to lose jobs. You're going to get sick. The car is going to break down. You're going to have a baby. All this stuff happens amidst the plan. And so we just need to give ourselves grace and just keep moving forward. All right. The last question that I'm going to, that I'm going to talk about today, Travis, I want to financially support your podcast. Do you have a way we can donate money? Absolutely not. No. That, that's not why we're doing this. We don't, we're not here to make money on this podcast. We want the podcast to be something that, that people want to go, go look at and they want to go listen to it. And we hope it adds value to their journey. That's what we want. We just want it to be something meaningful to people. And if people can get something out of it and it makes a difference in their journey, that's the win for us. So, so thank you, though, for the offer, but no thank you. We don't, we don't, don't want donations. 
Um, we just want this to be a resource that can add value to your life. Now, if you do want to support us, there are two things I, I, I would suggest. Number one, share this with a friend. Is there somebody in your life that could benefit from this podcast? Is there an episode that you listened to that you were thinking, man, my friend Andy, he would have loved this or he needs to hear this. Please do that. Please share it or add it to your social media. It, that would mean the world to us. Whenever somebody shares or mentions our, our podcast, there's nothing better for us. So, so you sharing means more than any amount of money could ever mean. And then I think number two, if, if you do want to look at some of the other stuff we offer, we have a financial course for young adults called Meaning Over Money. And this is an awesome class. We are helping a lot of people through this material. And, and that may be something that you're interested in. So if you're interested in purchasing this course, that would be cool. But don't feel, any, don't feel an obligation to do that. If this podcast meets you where you're at and, and, and fulfills that, that need for you, that is 100% cool. But, but if you are wanting more and you want a bigger community and you want more resources and you want to lean heavier into certain topics, meaning over money is a great opportunity for you if, if that's where you're at. And so it's out there. Check it out if, if you care to. But other than that, we're just glad you're here. We hope this continues to add value and, and share feedback with us. You know, get on the DMs, email us at meaningovermoneypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what questions do you have? What topics would you like us to talk about? Because really this, this is for you. This is for you and about you. And so the more feedback we get, the better content we can produce for you. So thank you so much. And thank you for your, your offer to, to support us financially. It, it, it actually it means a lot to us. So thank you. So that's all we have today. But um, if you want to connect with us outside of the podcast, you can, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube or again at meaningover.money. Thank you so much, guys. Take care.